It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. You know, years ago, there was a guy, his name was Charlie Tremendous Jones, and he once said this, you will be the same person in five years that you are today, except for the people you meet and the books that you read. Now, I would update that a little bit and say, except for the people that you meet and the media that you consume. And so the reality is what he's talking about here is the power of influence. And none of us can deny the power of influence on us and in us or from us as well. And that's really what jumped out at me as I look at John chapter 21. Here's Peter, and he's with, there's a total of seven of the disciples, all 12 are not there, and it lists them all. Um, One of the interesting things, as always, is Peter is at the top of the list. Peter is the prominent one. He's the influential one. And so here's Peter, and this is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, He had died, and Peter, I guess, somewhat had kind of lost focus. And he says to the other disciples, let's go fishing, and they went. So in John 21, 1, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise, he showed himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, or the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. And it says in verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any meat? You got any fish? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you will find some. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, we know that was John, it's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he dressed this, he put his fisher's coat on him for he was naked and he cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net of fishes. And as soon as they came to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid there on end bread. And Jesus said to them, bring the fish which you've now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fish, 153. And for all there were so many, yet the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and dine. And none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. So we have this story here, really, of, of the power of influence. Um, Peter's at the top of this list, listening to disciples. Peter's the one that gets them all to go fishing uh, back to his former life, back to that life he had left behind. And what was the result of this little spiritual detour? Um, they fished all night, and they caught what? Nothing at all. You know, you can't really get around the Bible's teaching on the power of influence in our lives. So many passages about it. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 basically says, uh, bad company ruins good morals, right? The people you hang around with, if they're the wrong people, they're going to ruin you. Proverbs 4, 14, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. 
Psalm 1 talks about the blessing of being around the right people. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So the blessed man, the blessed man is defined by his relationships. So here's Peter exerting influence over the followers of Christ and not really in a good way, and the result of it was not good either. So in Peter and these others, we really see the negative power of influence. Jesus had died, um, and they were really kind of looking for some leadership. And Peter was more than willing to fill that void. Um, and so what does he say? He says, let's go fishing. Now, why fishing? Because that's what Peter knew. And, you know, our flesh tends to pull us back to that which we are most familiar with. Man, when we come to a spiritual lapse in our life, we're most likely to go back to um, what our flesh likes, what our flesh enjoys, what we feel like somehow we can be in control of. And that's exactly what Peter did. He went back to what was common. And it was really what he had forsaken to follow Jesus. You know, so much of how we see people grow and develop is really a matter of who's pouring into their life. The people you meet, the people you hang out with, the media that you consume, it really wires you, it programs you, and it can take advantage of natural strengths or weaknesses that are in you, whether that's mental, social, spiritual, physical, and we just see that played out. You know, I was thinking about this horrible um, shooting massacre over in Texas. And I think about that 18-year-old kid. And I just wonder, what was the power of influence in his life? I mean, what was the parental influence? What was the spiritual influence? What was the, um, you know, media influence in his life? And I'm sure more of that will come out. But wow, the power of influence. You see, there's already a fire burning in our sinful nature, right? Um, James talks about that. You already have this, this deficiency in the entire human race, this fire of deficiency, sin. And then you pour the fuel of bad influence on it, and man, it will absolutely corrupt us. Man, I cannot say enough about guarding the influences that you allow in your life. So Peter says, let's go fishing, let's do the familiar, let's do the common, let's do what's easy. And what was the alternative? Um, verse 3 says, no fish, no fish. They, they fished all night and nothing. And then you see the gentle rebuke of Jesus in verse 5, and he says, children, do you have any fish? Now, do you think Jesus knew the answer? Absolutely. He wanted them to meditate on the deficiency that they experienced by trying to go another route of fulfillment other than through him. You see, we have Jesus here, and he's talking them, and, and, and he says, you know what? You do it your way, nothing good's coming out of it. But then in verse 6, he says, cast your net on the other side. Cast on the right side of the ship. Jesus says, do it my way. And, you know, look at the result of that, 153 fish. Now, why 153, not 154? I, I, I don't know. But the reality is this, it says they weren't able to pull in the fish because there were so many. You see the contrast of Christ's influence to Peter's influence, you know, and I love what John says. Once they see this miraculous haul of fish, John looks at Peter and, and gave the obvious answer. It's the Lord. 
man, when Jesus shows up, there's no denying it's the Lord, right? And I just love that so much that he saw that. And then they sit down and they eat with Jesus. And then over in verse 15, Jesus has a little side conversation with Peter. And three times he asked Peter, do you love me? Now, I'm not going to go into the detail of that. Simply put, Jesus is really testing Peter's conscience here. But the first time he says it this, he says, do you love me more than these? Now, more than who? Well, maybe more than the people, maybe more than the fish. Do you love me more than the crowd you're hanging around with, Peter? Do you love me more than your past life and pursuit? Do you love me more than the fish? Well, what's he talking about here? Once again, he's back to the power of influence. You see, in the beginning, we see Peter's influence on the disciple. Now, Jesus is talking about the influences on Peter's life. Man, there was the influence of the familiar, his past life, his past ways, and there was the influence of his friends. Peter might have felt some pressure to step up and fill the void that was lacking because Christ had died. And so, do you love me more than these? And by the way, following Jesus and the power of influence, um, it's always a love issue. It really is. Do you love me? Now, what does Jesus say to Peter? He says, if you love me, then here's what you need to do to my sheep. You don't need to take them fishing, Peter. You don't need to take them back to the old way of living. He said, if you love me, he says, what do you need to do? He says, you need to feed them. You need to lead them well, Peter. You need to lead them in in my path. And then Peter's starting to get nervous. And Jesus says to Peter, and he he basically tells Peter the way he is going to die by living a gospel-centered life. And Peter gets really uncomfortable. And so in verse 20, Peter starts deflecting. He says to Jesus, well, what about John? What about him? What's he going to do with his life? See, influence, right? He wants to see what other people are doing. What does Jesus say to him? He said, if, if it's my will for him to live until I come again, that means nothing to you. He says, you follow me. What did Jesus say to Peter? Quit worrying about everyone else, Peter, and keep your eyes on me. And what do I want you to do, Peter? I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to lead them well. I want you to influence them. Don't worry about John, Peter. You follow me. Now, you know, influence is unavoidable. It's really uh, a matter of who and what. You see, um, it's a matter of having the right influence and being the right influence. So here's some questions about the influences in your life. First of all, is the influence feeding you well? Is it feeding you spiritually? Is it making you a stronger and better person? Is it producing fruit in your life? Or do you find yourself following your influences and uh, there's just no fish? You're working all night and nothing good's coming out of it. So, excuse me, I've got some wind issue here. Is it feeding you? (laughs) Sorry, guys. Is it feeding you well? Is it producing fruit in your life? Is it challenging you to take ownership of your life? Peter wants to deflect. Jesus says, no, you're not going to deflect, Peter. You're going to deal with the issue here. Don't worry about John. You follow me. So are your influences feeding you? Are your influences producing fruit in your life? Are your influences challenging you to step up and take ownership? Or are they just simply feeding your weaknesses? Is it putting you on a gospel path? Man, Jesus' influence, he says, you're going to take up your cross, Peter. You're going to follow me. And by the way, you're going to die, Peter, following me. It was putting Peter on a gospel path. So 
The word for today is really this. Choose your influences wisely because what you're going to find out in the end is your influences um, are actually choosing you. Think about that. Choose your influences wisely because in the end you're going to find that your influences are actually choosing you. So don't be the wrong choice. Be the right choice by choosing the right influences. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.